even on a busy, in a busy hotel, you hardly see a guest. And this is what I believe the future of travel will be um, from the leisure side. Hello, my name is Renee Leith Manos. Welcome to this podcast, Where To From Here? Featuring conversations about luxury travel and how it's changing in every pocket of the globe. Today, I'm speaking with David Macklin, GM of the Four Seasons Hotel and Resort in Langkawi. He's a Four Seasons veteran, having been there 21 years and worked at some of the group's most prominent properties all over the world. The Four Seasons is one of the world's most successful luxury hotel brands and headquartered in Toronto, Canada. Today, they have 118 hotels and resorts offering unparalleled upscale accommodation, opulent furnishings, amazing restaurants, deluxe amenities, and just extraordinary service. They're even introducing a new private jet to the collection in 2022, so next year, where you can travel for 17 days for some 120,000 US dollars per head to some of the group's most beautiful and luxurious hotels. David has been locked down for some months in the Langkawi, Malaysia, and where he's been overseeing a complete refurbishment of the island property. So I am super excited to talk to him. So David, tell me, where are we speaking to you from? That looks like an amazing room that you're in. Certainly. I'm actually in one of our beach villas. Um, All of our beach villas are located directly on the beach. Um, to, To my right here, I have a beautiful view of the Andaman Sea. Um, our beach villas are located on our private 1.8 kilometer beachfront in the resort here uh, in Langkawi. Oh, Langkawi. Is that a UNESCO World Heritage Site, part of the, the greenery there? That, that's correct. It was Asia's first UNESCO site. Um, so where we're situated in the resort here, just minutes from me, uh, you can see the greenery behind me here. This is basically the start of the UNESCO site um, here in Malaysia. So it, it's an it's a extraordinary place to be. And uh, even on my days off, I love to go uh, sightseeing and just adventure tracking as well. Well, you're very active. I mean, you're a triathlete, right? Correct. I, I love to do many things. Um, that, that's, that's my DNA. Uh, I, I've, done, I've done triathlons in, uh, I think, nearly every country that I've lived in, whether it's an Ironman or um, just a, a regular triathlon. Um, one thing that I've done uh, this year uh, was uh, just to keep fit during these uh, you know, challenging times. Uh, I built a wooden kayak um, from wow. scratch. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a carpenter or a wood person, definitely not. But uh, it, it's amazing all of the things you can find um, online these days. So I, I downloaded the plans um, and did everything by myself, 100% by myself, and built the Very- kayak. Very Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> it took me many, many, many hours. And during this time, I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And um, one of my decisions was, okay, I'm going to kayak around Langkawi in a solo trip. So wow. 100, just over 100 kilometers, which also the reason I bring this up, it also kept me very, very fit. Um, you know, just uh, the sanding and getting the, the kayak ready, but also... Uh, preparing for this 100-kilometer um, trip around um, the island. So that, that was wonderful and, and it was fantastic because I was able to 
uh, you know, do a, a fundraising event for the local school here as well. Fantastic. And look, that dovetails into some stuff I read about you. And you said that you, I mean, these are my words, not yours, that you almost have a split personality in terms of travel. You like to be on your own, which sounds like this kayak adventure and really at one with nature or with your beautiful wife in a Four Seasons you know, resort. Tell us about that. Correct. Um, and having a split, split personality is probably correct. Um, I absolutely love just being out, um, you know, whether it's on the ocean, um, whether it's running. I, 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 I still run uh, three to four times a week um, out by myself. I really enjoy my time alone. It clears my, my, my head space. My, my, my number one thing I love to do is spend time with my family. Um, well, we uh, have a wife and two children. Um, I love to spend time with them. Uh, we love exploring the world. We've been in many different countries and many different places, and we love to do that. And um, of course, I love to spend time in 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 the hotel. Um, you know, when it, when the hotel is busy and it's thriving, and it, it's just an exciting time. And um, I'm I'm usually at work before sunrise, and uh, definitely after work after sunset. Um, and the majority of the time is is being with guests as well. And ordinarily, do your family live with you? I know they're not with you at the moment. They're in Australia. Is that right? Correct. Um, and, and I've been with Four Seasons uh, for 21 years. And most of the time, yes, they have travelled. Uh, we've travelled as, as a family. Actually, we, we grew as a family. Uh, my wife and I were together initially, of course. And then, then we had uh, both of our children in Washington, D.C. when I was posted there. Because um, you there, met your wife... Was, you met your wife in Japan, right? Um, actually, I met her in Australia. In oh, I beg your pardon. Wow. And, and my wife, my wife is is uh, my wife is Japanese. Uh, she was a flight attendant for Cathay Pacific, um, based in Hong Kong. So that's where I decided. Um, you know, I was living in Cairns at the time, and uh, that's when I relocated to Hong Kong and started my Four Seasons uh, career. Right. So, how many different places have you lived in? Um, I started off in Hong Kong uh, and then I moved to, well, my wife and I moved to Washington, D.C. Uh, that's where we had both of our children in Washington, D.C. Then I relocated to Tokyo uh, in Japan. And then from there, we came to Sydney. Um, and from Sydney, I got the opportunity to go to Vietnam. Then uh, and now here in Malaysia. Wow. And that's where I met you, was at the Nam Hai, which is one of the world's most, most famous resorts. I mean, it's named in the top five, top 10 resorts in the world. It has done for some 15 years, right? Correct. It's absolutely a stunning property. And, um, you know, like I said, I've been with Four Scenes for many years and seen many different properties. But I have to tell you, if you go there, you just go, wow. It's the property itself, it's on a beachfront, uh, similar to this property here. Each of the, the rooms, they're individual villas. There are no connecting walls. Of course, there's no elevator or corridor in the entire property. And the, the layout of the rooms, it's just to die for. Um, and, and the Vietnamese service there, amazing, absolutely amazing. And when you were there, your role, if I'm not mistaken, was to really transform the place. I mean, you did a complete refurbishment. Tell us about that. This is at the Nam Hai in Vietnam. My role uh, was to completely renovate the property um, and prepare us for a, re for a reopening. Um, the reopening 
uh, was on December the 16th, 2016, um, and it went absolutely flawless. It was, uh, it was wonderful. And you put in rice patties, you really redesigned the place and, and just gave it more of an intimate feel. Correct. We, we, we um, of course, as I said, we renovated all the restaurants and then we, um, the, the herb garden uh, transformed into a, a fruit and vegetable garden. It became 10 times larger. We installed a, a kids club, a teen club, uh, you know, many things we installed. It was just, uh, it was an extremely exciting time there um, and a lot more places for people to relax. We completely revamped the spa. And was it sad for you to leave there? Extremely sad. It was extremely sad um, because in the time there, we had put so much effort into transform the hotel to, to, you know, to carry on being the leader. Um, and the connection with the Vietnamese um, employees, but also the community there, it was a tough, tough decision um, to, to leave there. Um, but, you know, I'm always one where, you know, you've got to, you know, keep looking forward and, and uh, you know, it, you generally regret the things that you didn't do rather than the things that you did do. It's a very um, famous quote, <laughs> Mark Twain. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> So, um, but I, I still keep in contact with them. Um, yeah. You know, every, every week, I, I, you know, through uh, video calls, um, we keep a great connection and I've got a lot of friends there. And um, if there was ever an opportunity, I, I would absolutely jump to go back. And, and you're doing the same thing as I understand it, or you have done in Langkawi in terms of transforming that property for four seasons. Yes, yes correct. So I, I've, I, I've been here for three years now. And um, during this time, we have completely renovated all of our beach villas here, every single um, room and villa has been completely renovated. We built um, an amazing Imperial Villa. Now, the Imperial Villa, without a doubt, is the best villa in Langkawi. And I'm very confident to say um, the best villa in Malaysia. It's wow. absolutely stunning. So That'd I'll be cool. I'll make it's a huge call. It's a huge call, but it's absolutely stunning. And what is it about it that's so special? And how many people does it accommodate? Um, it can be a three bedroom, or we can uh, make it into a five bedroom villa. It has an amazing 20 meter infinity pool that overlooks the Andaman Ocean. Oh. Of course, it's beachfront. Um, we 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 built this uh, like a pergola area, so you can actually sit in there and not get a not get sunburned. Um, so wow. uh, you just sit in there and watch the kids and the family swim past. The living area is is amazing, and with this particular villa, uh, a lot of our guests uh, would love to uh, drive straight in instead of going through the normal check-in procedure. So it, it has especially with COVID, right? I mean, things are changing rapidly. Yes, it has a, a, a private entrance, so you can come straight from the road. As soon as your car door opens, you can see straight through your villa um, and see the uh, see the beautiful white sand and the ocean. It's absolutely amazing. Beautiful. So that we, we, we built that. Also, um, we have, have uh, renovated all of the restaurants um, during the time here. So the hotel is up, looking absolutely stunning at the moment. Tell me, I mean, I've stayed in, in a number of Four Seasons hotels. I'm very fortunate and resorts. What is the difference? What gives Four Seasons the edge? We just really try to focus on the guest experience. Now, many, there are many, many hotels around the world that can create uh, the physical product, um, but actually just connecting with guests, 
being there for the guests, right? My, my, I don't know how many hundreds, thousands of, of, of our guests have my personal number on, on my phone because I want to be there for the guests and I want to, I want to hear the good things and I want to hear the not so good things because then I can rectify them. And the goal is at the end, when the guest walks out here, they say, thank you so much. I'll see you back next year. So, you know, uh, but that, that's the thing that absolutely the guests love is uh, just that connection with our staff. Uh, and we, we, we just love to, we put ourselves in their shoes. What would they like? And tell me how, because I used to live in Malaysia when I graduated yeah. from university. I was actually educated in Adelaide, as I think you were. And then yes, I actually true. went to Kuala Lumpur and I spent time in Langkawi and all over and I was running um, magazines. Um, and it was very difficult to find good staff. You're talking about the importance of those staff. How on earth in a place like Langkawi do you find them and attract them to work at the Four Seasons? And it, it's, it's very similar how, how we do with uh, our guests as well, because you know, you, you, you treat everyone like, as an individual um, and, and you try to give them the best experience. Now we talk about guest experience. We also, here in the resort, we talk about the employee experience. And it's, it's the simple things, making sure that we have great food in the employee cafeteria, making sure there's always a clean uniform ready to go. Um, my door is always open for every employee. And, and as I mentioned, every single employee has my personal number. Um, and often they will call me at nine or 10 or 11 o'clock at night, um, which is absolutely fine. Um, I want them to do that. And, and I have to say, we've been open here for 16 years um, in Langkawi and many of our employees have been here since the start. Um, and they came, from, they came from the mainland, they came across and now Lankau is their home. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of that is to do with the employee experience. They really love working here. They love being on the island. And tell me, David, how are they coping? How are you coping with no guests? When was the last guest in the hotel because of the pandemic? Certainly, this, 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 this year, 2021 has been a, bigger challenge than 2020 for us. Um, our, we had one guest in May, uh, at the start of May. Um, uh, so they, they would have got really good service. <laughs> it was amazing, amazing service. Of course, I met them on arrival and we had a good laugh um, and they just wanted to have a good time on, on, on the beach and, and, and walk around the property and just, just relax. Um, so how are we coping? We're, we're, we're coping very, very well. Um, is the island in full lockdown or where are you at in terms of um, access and in terms of coming to Australia or anyone coming to Langkawi? What are the laws there at the moment? Uh, Malaysia has been in lockdown uh, since the start of May. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's quite a few months now. Um, and access to Langkawi is very, very limited. In Malaysia... Uh, you cannot travel more than 10 kilometres without special police permission. So, you know, so did, it, you actually, did you actually have to let any staff go or, 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 or put them on part-time or anything with, with, during the pandemic? Um, so what, what we have done, uh, we, we have re reduced our hours in the property, of course. Of course. Um, but what we have also done, we have changed what employees do. Every, every, since the start of the pandemic, I can absolutely say 100% Every single employee has learned at least one new skill, one new Fantastic. job that they can that they can work in, and it's whether it's from we do all the landscaping now. We used to outsource the landscaping, and now we've insourced it, so all of our employees um, can do landscaping. 
Yes, and I know that um, dovetailing on that is sustainability. Um, you know, the Four Seasons is really heading in a more sustainable direction now in a whole lot of ways. Can you talk to us a bit about that? Because we always get questions from our viewers about, about that issue. Certainly. So when I, when I first uh, arrived here um, three years ago, we were, cons- you know, water, everyone drinks water, bottled water, everyone wants bottled water. We were consuming nearly 200,000 bottles a year, plastic bottles in this resort, the only this resort. And um, so one of the fir- first things to do was create a water plant that I did. Um, so now we uh, create all of our own own water throughout the entire property. Um, so, and it's plentiful. There's, there's, you know, you could drink water until it come out of your ears as a guest here. So there's a lot of water. That was one of the first things that we did. Um, we have reduced all plastic from the mini bar. Uh, so this was a big effort because, um, you know, on some of the Many of them were plastic bottles in the minibar and things like this. So they've all gone. Um, the, when you get your laundry, usually you get your laundry bag and it's covered in plastic. So we've changed all this. It's all cotton reusable. Um, so many things like this. We have also started, um, and we're in the process, we're not completely finished, but we've started with zero food waste. Now wow. we have started, we've started with breakfast um, and we, you know, we have a buffet breakfast. So, you know, everyone's like, oh, hold on, you know, what are you doing with that food? But we actually, what we actually do, once the food goes out to the buffet, we do not reuse it um, for consumption. However, we actually put that into the ground and we turn it into compost. So, and with the compost, we actually put back into our gardens. So we are reusing it. It's not landfill. So it's a four seasons ecosystem in a way. Correct, correct. And that's... um, we, as I said, we have started with breakfast, um, and the goal is um, once we you know, get back into normal normal uh, service again, will be that lunch and dinner will follow, um, and then uh, we can we can be sustainable there. But m- many things. Um, one one of the the uh, enhancements that I've done since I've been here, we built a fish house in the ocean, and everyone's like, "What's a fish house?" Yeah, what is a so fish if, house? <laughs> if if you can imagine a a uh, a traditional wooden house and we build it out in the ocean on stilts right and it's, it's very near the property um and basically it, it's it's a very very traditional structure where fishermen would go and they fish from there so, so, so excuse my ignorance the fish house is that to fish from instead of a boat which uses fuel so therefore you don't pollute the ocean is that what we're talking about correct correct and and you can fish there with a fishing rod um i can i can Hand on my heart, I can say that it's I have a hundred percent success rate when I go out there to fish wow. from a fishing. Okay, some of them are not so big. <laughs> I'll just throw them back, but I have never been out there and not caught a fish. That's amazing. It, it's just it's it's fantastic. So yeah, then, it looks beautiful. I'm looking at pictures of it now. It looks fantastic. Wow. And what are you doing about your beauty products in the showers in each room in terms of sustainability? Certainly. So in in the resort. We do not use any of the, the small plastic bottles at all. Uh, all, all of them are, are, are pumps. Um, so, you know, of course, we have the shampoo, conditioner, body gel, hand soap, et cetera, et cetera. But it's all, uh, it's all in pumps and it's all sustainable. Um, so it's not tested on animals or uh, anything like that. So, and, and this is something that Four Seasons as a company, uh, will, we will be... 100% compliant with this in all resorts and city hotels before the end of 2022. 
But um, just, just as you mentioned before, we're on, um, on the edge of a UNESCO site here. Just next door to us um, are the mangroves. Now, right. I tell every single guest this, if there's only one thing you do, go out on our mangroves tour. Now, the mangroves tour is absolutely something that blows your mind away. Yeah, the aerial um, shots, I was looking at them before we spoke today, are just phenomenal. Yes, um, we, we, do, uh, we do a mangroves tour. Um, the boat actually picks you up from the beach. So the, the best time to do it is have a have breakfast, a leisurely breakfast. We'll collect you at 10 o'clock in your private boat. And within five minutes, you're actually in the mangroves. And the mangroves is just, it, it, it's amazing. It's truly, um, I, I've heard people say, oh, this is how I thought the Amazon would be, or, um, you know, and are there crocodiles? There are no crocodiles, it's 100% safe. But the, the, the tour goes for about two, two and a half hours. You see absolutely amazing scenery, uh, amazing bird life. Um, you, you, there's a place uh, where the eagles come down and they pick up the, the fish. I'm, so you I'm looking at that right now. My producer sent through those images. It just looks extraordinary. It, it's absolutely amazing. So if there's one thing that, the, uh, that, the, that a guest does, when they come to stay in our resort is just go out That's for this two and a half hours. You'll absolutely be blown away. It's um, I'm planning tomorrow to take my kayak out there um, to go and, and just by myself uh, in my wooden kayak and, and I kayak out there for a few hours. Uh, it's just quiet, serene. It's just so beautiful. How fantastic. And tell me, what is the future of travel, of luxury travel, as you see it through the eyes of the four season? We've already covered sustainability. I mean, that it's clear that that is going to be a big part of travel. I'm getting a lot of feedback from my um, people, from my readers and viewers about um, luxury travel and going to places like you're talking about, like the mangroves, going to natural places to really experience nature and getting away from the cities. But what's your take on it, David? Certainly. I, I... I think the future, and I'll say the immediate future, the next couple of years, a lot of people will still have the pandemic in the back of their heads, and they do want to make sure where they stay is, is clean and hygienic, and there are, there are places that they can be by themselves. Um, they don't want to be in a confined you know, uh, meeting hall and things like this. And this is where uh, resorts, I believe, will really benefit, um, particularly our resort. We have 92 rooms and villas um, and we're on 48 acres. As I said, 1.8 kilometers of beachfront, even on a busy, in a busy hotel, you hardly see a guest. And this is what I believe the future of travel will be um, from the leisure side. Um, guests just want to be with their families, be with their loved ones, still explore, still see things but also make sure that they're in a, in a, in a, uh, a comfort zone um, wherever they go. And I think also going to a location like Langkawi, which is an island, and they don't need to go anywhere else. Everything is on tap at the Four Seasons. They've got the mangrove tours. They've got the service, the restaurants. Correct. Um, and many of our guests do choose to stay only in the resort and they want the whole experience we can give them, uh, a traditional Malaysian experience with Malaysian food and Malaysian dancing and music and things like that. We can absolutely do that. And some guests say, hey, I'm going to spend a few days in the hotel, but you know, a couple of days I want to go out and see things. What is there? What can I see in Langkawi? And I said, well, how much time do we have? Because there, there are so many things to see in Langkawi, from waterfalls. The, the, there are so many restaurants here 
from very, very local food and, and very, very reasonably priced food um, yes. to um, you know, some of the places where they're a little bit more active with other tourists. Um, it, it's, it's some of the places that's so quiet and, and tranquil, which a lot of our guests want. There's hiking. Um, the hiking here is amazing. Um, you know, you, through, can, you through, can even build your own boat and sail around the island, can, David. Even, <laughs> even do that, of course. And fishing, as I, I mentioned, you can go out fishing in the ocean. You can, uh, there are many places to fish, cycling. Um, one of the things I, I, I do, uh, I mentioned before, I, I, I love to go out jogging and uh, running at nighttime and uh, I go through the rice paddies. It's absolutely beautiful. I go through the rice paddies. I see the big buffalo there. I see the farmers planting the rice. Um, and, the, and as I said, I, I go during um, the end of the day, the sun comes down. I see this sunset. There's a buffalo. There's someone planting rice in the rice paddies. It's just, it's just beautiful. I, I, I feel so lucky to be here. And how um, can you share one of your luxury travel memories or your favorite travel memories with us? Because we're all just dying in Australia to just get out and, and experience travel. Can we can we see something through your eyes of your um, experience, your travel experiences? This is what I call luxury from this experience that I'm going to tell you. We were going to Chiang Mai in Thailand, the Four Seasons Resort there. We took... Um, a regional airline, shall I call it, and the food was too spicy for the kids, so they didn't want to eat the food. And then, then there was no um, no TV in the, the back of the seat, so they were bored, and yeah, the flight to Bangkok wasn't the best, shall we say. I have twins. Uh, I hear you. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and we got to Bangkok, right, okay, let's let's have something to eat for dinner at that point, right? So it, it was around dinner time. They, they were like really hungry, and like, I don't want to eat now, and okay, and then uh, we think, okay, don't worry. It's only it's only an hour trip, another flight to Chiang Mai. Great. Guess what? The flight is delayed. Flight <laughs> of course. Delayed. Right. So, and the kids are running around and I'm going, oh, I'm pulling my hair out. So to cut a long story short, we got We finally got on that next flight to Chiang Mai. I'm like, good. It's a small plane. Again, they didn't eat the food. The, 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 there was no TVs because it was a smaller plane. We get there, we get to the airport. Guess what? My luggage to delayed. They couldn't find the luggage there. Okay, it is what it is. So it was around 9 30, 10 o'clock at night at this point. I remember it was hot. It was like, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm just perspiring. And we finally get the luggage. We get it in. We walk out to get in a taxi. There's only one taxi left, and it's this little taxi. So that half an hour trip to the resort, I see the Four Seasons Chiang Mai sign. I go, ah, oh, finally I'm here and I'm dreaming of checking in, getting, going to my room, putting the kids in the bath while I'm ordering room service and then just relaxing. Kids in bed, I can have a glass of wine and relax. That was my vision as soon as I saw the Four Seasons sign. So I get to, I drive up, we drive up to the reception, the front desk greet us. Hello, Mr. Macklin and family, welcome to Four Seasons Chiang Mai. We've been expecting you. I said, yeah, can I have my key? I just want to go to my villa. They said, no, 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 just one moment. The resort manager would wants to speak to you. And I'm like, oh, dear, that's the last thing I want. I just want to get there. So a minute or two later, um, my good friend, Le Bosch, comes out, the, the resort manager. And this is the turning point now. This is where luxury kicks in. I didn't realize this until after. Le Bosch comes out and says, hey, David, hi, Yuriko, my wife and we started chatting 
I didn't re and, and this is the first time I had an adult conversation that day without the kids running around screaming because the part that I absolutely loved was the front desk receptionist came out at the same time, squatted down to my kids and started having a kid's conversation with them and engage them. And they weren't running around, you know, pulling at me and screaming. They were just having a conversation with that front desk receptionist while I had my first adult conversation for 20 minutes. And remember, I just wanted to get to my room. So yes. that's ah, that is a that for me, that's luxury now. Just giving people time. I hear it's, you. It's not about that wonderful that amenity, arrival amenity, or that, that, that thing that you can buy here or there. It's about service. And, and human connection. I'm hearing you say human connection from the four seasons. And, yeah. and I think, you know, in the post pandemic, that's going to be even more relevant and important to, you know, luxury travel. Yes. And, and, and that's the part that, 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 that has stuck with me for 12 years. I've, I, and I love, absolutely love that memory. Um, and now Labos was the resort manager. He's now currently the uh, general manager of our brand new Four Seasons in Four Seasons by Bangkok. So if any of your, any of the, the travelers go there, please say, hi Labosh, great job uh, 12 years ago. <laughs> 100%, we will, we will. That Chiang Mai property, I was actually meant to go there right before um, the, the lockdown, which was just so unfortunate I didn't get there, but it's surrounded by rice paddies, isn't it? The, the Four Seasons Chiang Mai, it's a very beautiful property. It's a sensational property. It, it's so beautiful there, um, and you're just just in the in the hills. You're just away from the hustle and bustle of Chiang Mai city itself, and it's just so beautiful, so quiet. One of the activities there you can plant rice. So we we were planting rice there with the kids, and um, the yoga there is amazing because you do yoga, and you're just looking at the the rice paddies, which is so tranquil and relaxing as well. Um, uh, so yeah, if, if, again, if you get a chance to go to Chiang Mai, definitely go there. And I will say, put a couple of extra days on your trip because just nearby is another one of our resorts. It's called Chiang Rai yes. um, or Four Seasons Tented Camp. So these are Four Seasons tents, about 15 tents, Four Seasons tents. And, and don't think of the old tent that we have, a, a two-person tent. These are luxury tents, a full bathroom um, and... Um, yeah, so if you get a chance, make sure you pop over there for a couple of days. It's definitely worth a couple of days and it's fully inclusive. You can do um, elephant rides. You can do, um, you know, of course, spa is amazing, tracking and just being out in that really remote location. Yeah, we just wrote about that in Renee's World and had a great response as well. It just looks absolutely, the baths and everything, just beautiful and, and different, um, different rooms have different baths and pools and it just looks fantastic. Just, yes. and, we just can't wait. I mean, sitting in Australia, even hearing you talk, David, the smells of Asia, I'm reminded of there's something when you get off, off the plane, whether it's Bangkok, whether it's you know Kuala Lumpur, whether it's Langkawi, there's, the, there's a smell of the Asian air, which is just warm and hot and spicy and fragrant. And that's just what I, you know, I really, really want to get back to. I, I'm here, I live it, I breathe it every single day, and I feel so lucky to be part yes. of this. Um, yes, I, I feel safe to be here. I feel very, very safe to be in Langkawi, um, but I feel very privileged to have this beautiful place, uh, to be surrounded by this beautiful place, um, uh, and and uh, the, the the warmth and the hospitality of the Malaysian people, as you know, uh, is amazing. I it think really is. One more step up when we go to an island. Um, yes, because there, there's more. Uh, uh, 
I don't want to say sincerity, but there's more, more connection um, on an island. And we all depend on each other. We all rely on each other for business. We all rely on each other to keep safe. We all rely on each other for friendship. Um, and I, uh, we, in Langkawi, we do not lock cars. It's so safe here. Um, wow. When I first arrived, I, I would go to the shop and I would see a car running. I'd see someone get out of a car, leave the car turned on running, go into the shop and come back out, jump in the car and take off. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Well, actually, that's happening in Sydney right now because we're locked down. <laughs> so all the houses are open, all the cars are unlocked because no one's going anywhere. <laughs> I guess that's one of the benefits of, of, of the, the current pandemic that we do have. It's, uh, um, But uh, I think, uh, you know, here we always try to help each other out in Lanka. Yeah. We always have. Um, and even now um, we, we support each other immensely. Um, so, and, you know, it, and, it, it is a great place. And just before we go, what's the first destination you want to go to once you are able to have a holiday? Sydney. <laughs> I want to see my family. Um, I, I would love, love to do that. Um, you know, it's, it's a very interesting conversation. I would love to go to a city to be to go into a normal department store, a normal shopping mall. And I'm not a I'm not a shopper, but yes. I love I, to be around people. But don't um, you think we all want what we don't have? I mean, you're on an island and it's secluded. You wouldn't have any shopping centers there. If I was talking to you and you're working in Tokyo, you would probably be craving an island with no shopping centers. <laughs> correct. Correct. So yeah, we, it, it, you're a hundred percent right. We always want things that we don't have. Um, and at, at the moment, yes, I would absolutely love that um, to go to a city environment. But uh, first, first is uh, my, my trip back to Sydney, uh, which is yes. all planned. Um, I have all the exemptions in place. Well done. Well, that, I think you've, that's a well-earned trip and have a fantastic time. I hope to see you in Langkawi at some stage. It's always a pleasure to see you. And who knows, when I talk to you or see you next week, you might even be somewhere else in the Four Seasons group. <laughs> I may be, but uh, I definitely look forward to welcoming you, welcoming you and all the, all the listeners uh, to uh, Four Seasons Langkawi. Thank you so much, David. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Don't forget to subscribe here and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for regular travel updates. You can also hear our episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.